0: Welcome to the Alcove. Today, our guest is Marcus Troy. Marcus, you wear many hats, literally. I I do, yes. You are a Montreal-based multifaceted creative and the founder of Marcus Troy Inc. You started out as a blogger, became an influencer, and now run a successful consultancy business that works with brands from around the world on creative ideas, content development, social media, product, and curated initiatives. Forbes coined you as being one of the first tastemakers to ignite the blogging boom in the early 2000s. You are an avid traveler, connector, and cultural explorer. You and your team use the platform marcustroy.com to share ideas on fashion, luxury, travel, products, and lifestyle. Marcus, thank you for joining us today in the alcove.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So Marcus... Let's get started. Let's do it. Our time with you is limited today, so we want to try to get to know you um, quickly. Sure. To get a little bit more in depth. So I'm going to ask you questions. Yeah. Answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Sure, sure. How old are you?
1: I don't talk age.
0: Fair. Where were you born? Montreal. Where are your parents from?
1: Trinidad and Tobago.
0: What's the best part about being a twin?
1: That you don't, that you don't think you're a twin.
0: Do you have any other siblings? Yes. How many pairs of shoes do you own?
1: Um, probably in the 600 pairs.
0: Okay, how uh, many hats?
1: Uh, in the 50s.
0: Can you name all the cities where you've worked? Yes. What's the most challenging collaboration you ever did?
1: Work with myself.
0: Hmm. What drink do you usually order when you're out?
1: I don't really drink.
0: What's a buzzword related to the work that you do that you hate? Influencer. (laughs) Marcus Troy is not the name you were born with. Why did you pick that name?
1: It's my middle name.
0: Which city are you most often in after Montreal? New York. What time do you generally wake up in
1: in the morning? 6.30 a.m.
0: Do you have an assistant?
1: An assistant? Not anymore, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where do you get your news?
1: Um, IMDb.
0: What are the websites you visit daily?
1: IMDb, um, CNN, uh, Fox News. Here all the cra- you, yes. <laughs> hear all the crazies. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's where I get my, yeah, that's kind of where I visit daily. Yeah.
0: Did you ever buy yourself a congratulatory gift? Yes. What was it?
1: A few things. Um, I've bought in cameras for myself. I've bought in um, watches for myself. I've bought. I've bought a bunch of things that I, not to congratulate myself, but I was telling you in the car earlier that it's important, in my opinion, to get things that you can't afford sometimes to motivate you to keep grinding to pay for these things or to keep these things um, top of mind. You know, a lot of times we don't create anchors for ourselves. It's really important, in my opinion, to create an anchor that you know you have to go get eventually. Mm-hmm and a lot of times people don't want to, not in debt themselves, but in a, fit, in, in a metaphorical way of putting something down where you know you have to go and collect later on. So I think it's important to reward yourself, and there's a saying that goes, pay yourself first, and I think that's always important.
0: When Forbes, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and the Gazette wrote about you, right. who did you call first?
1: Um, the first person I usually call is my father, Because he's one of my biggest supporters, Um, he's really proud of us and what we've been able to do. Um, My father, you say us, my twin brother and I. So I can like my father is a guy that I can talk to him about anything in the world, and he's going to be open minded, give me advice, and not judge me. No matter what, I, I could say the craziest things to him. He'd be like, you think that's what you want to do? You want to kill people today? And he's down, you know, um, <laughs> to help me bury the bodies. So uh, he's definitely one person, I think, that I always call to let him know that something's happening. And he actually pays attention to what's happening in my life. He would say, that guy never leaves a comment. He left a comment yesterday on your Instagram. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like, you know, so he's really a big supporter. So, um, yeah, he's the first person I call, yeah. I mean, I don't really call him and tell him, but... Um, He's the first person I would know. But I don't get excited about those types of press clippings because I'm not changing the world yet. And as much as it's fun being in Forbes or the New York Times or whatever, it's for reasons that are not real to me. You know, like I wanna be in the New York Times because I helped kids in Africa. Or I brought water to people who were starving and thirsty. Like to be in there for fashion or lifestyle or for building a company doesn't really move me as much as it should, you know? And a lot of my peers, if they get a, a their word mentioned in a magazine, it's mm-hmm. like their avatar. And then it's promoted everywhere. And then it becomes like, did you see my, my name in this right. one section? So for me, it's not really that exciting. I, I appreciate it. I think getting my... Um, name out there is amazing for the things that I eventually would like to do. Um, and it's also inspiring to a lot of different people, which is one of my goals to inspire people. So that's it's fun and it's cool, but I don't look at it as like, oh my God, like I gotta call my friends and family.
0: Do your parents look at it like that though?
1: Um, my mom probably does. I think she tells her friends at work that I'm some superhero. <laughs> uh, but um, no I think my, my my circle and my peers are really, They're as humble as I am and they appreciate it. They feel that it's a great accomplishment, especially being a kid from Montreal, um, to be able to be mentioned in the world of great people and in these international magazines that are known. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in Forbes, I've never had so many people call me because Forbes is automatically associated with money.
0: But that was a full-blown article. It was like an in-depth feature.
1: Yes, and it was the, it was the first time I was ever so transparent with a magazine or a publication. Um, but people call me because they automatically assume Forbes, because when you hear the Forbes list, yeah. you hear Jay-Z, you hear Bill Gates, you're like, you're in <laughs> Forbes? I'm like, yeah, but th- it, it was kind of trippy because people perceived it to be, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. but people really perceived it to be like, you are out of here now, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're still in Montreal. And I'm happy to be here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I that's where I want to be. Except Tokyo, maybe, but, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So people love to get this, like, secret recipe for success. Yes. Uh, you told me that often people ask you, you know, how did you start doing all of this? Like, what did you do to start? And your answer is, I just did. I just started. So... Take us through what that means for you. How did you begin your career into what we know today as Marcus Troy?
1: Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a back um, a, a few months ago, I decided... Everyone hear me, hears me okay? They understand what I'm saying? Okay. So a few months ago, I was on Instagram, and I decided to reach out to my followers. And I said, hey, guys, DM me your phone number. And I'm going to call you and we're going to talk and let me know like what's going on in your world and what you're stuck with or whatever the case may be. So like a a couple hundred people left their phone numbers. So I spent three days in the office just calling people every single day. And I started talking to people who were brilliant. I'm talking about people who have five degrees, people who have incredible knowledge and like I'm a biochemist and I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, all kinds of craziness. And they were stuck. They were like literally depressed. And I say to them, like, like, what's wrong? Oh, I want to be a photographer, but my father doesn't believe in me. I want to be a, a fashion person. My mother doesn't believe in me. And it was the same occurring theme from people from London to Miami to New York to Canada. They felt stuck. And I didn't realize this until then, that the one thing that my father told me was to be the best you can be, in whatever you want to do. If you want to be a lawyer, be the best lawyer. If you want to be a bank robber, be the best bank robber. Like literally, he didn't tell it, he didn't say to me some sugar-coating way. He's like, if you want to be a drug dealer, or a pimp, or a lawyer, or a doctor, no matter what it is, just be the best. So for me at the time, I'm like, oh man, I want to be a gangster. And then I think he slapped me or something. It wasn't the point. The point was, he just wanted me to be the best. So I never had a boundary of how far I can actually take myself. I didn't know that people went through this blockage of wanting to be better and wanting to want more in life. So when people ask me, how did you start? I know it sounds really silly and cliche, but I say I just started. And like, what does that mean? Like, you must have connections. You must have... I'm like, no, man. Like, I'm not... I'm really... Forget, like she mentioned, I'm a blogger, I'm an influencer. Like, I'm really in the people business. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in the people business. Like, all you guys here are all people. I work with people. I don't work with brands. I work with people who work at great brands, okay? So how does one start in anything? It's through the power of people. And relationships. Relationships. I believe in very simple things that allow me to navigate this world. And these things have nothing to do with what it is that I do today, but you can apply these things that we might get into later, into any job or any profession, and you'll be able to be successful in my opinion. So how did I start? Um, I just started. And it started with a guy who believed in my vision. Um, In 2004, uh, we were kids and he said to me, I wanna start an online magazine. And I said to him, what's an online magazine? He was like, let's just start an online magazine talking about the things that we're into. And it wasn't an online magazine. It was literally a page with just like stuff. And... What was it called? I don't want to say what it's called. And not for no disrespectful disrespectful reasons because we're no longer working together. But Got anyways, it. we started this together
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I gave the name to this thing. It's a really... And it's still around today. Um, but I gave the name and then we started this thing and all we did every day was just talk about things we were into. Fashion, lifestyle, clothing. Literally not caring, no boundaries, not knowing anything about anything. We stole a bunch of email addresses and we would send people an email of what was happening. Marketing people, brands, like they would get this random email of this newsletter. It wasn't a magazine, it was literally a paper, like a a letter like this with just writing of like, this sneaker is cool. And 2004 was early and people were like, what is this thing, like this is kind of cool. And who are these guys? And no one really knew my face. So I didn't put my fa- I didn't put my face on this platform because I had a job, and I just really wanted to separate my real world from this world. So we started sharing the things that we liked, and um, that was it. Literally just sharing stuff. And I worked in fashion. I worked in the fashion industry where I had a job working fashion, working on footwear and design and different things of that nature. And um, I was always interested in sneakers and shoes and things that you know most people of my background are into. And we started documenting our life online in the internet, 2004 was 100 years ago, and um, people started liking it. And my voice started to become an authority in what was cool, because I always paid attention to everything that was happening at that era. And that's what made me good at what I was doing. So if you talk to me about a brand back then, I knew everything about everything. There wasn't anything I didn't know about fashion. And the, the brands back then that people loved was whether it be Mecca, Fat Farm, Fubu, uh, Mark Echo, anything you can think of, I knew everything about everything. And working in retail, where I started my career working in fashion, people would come see me to pick my brain on what was cool. So if I was the gatekeeper of cool, because I knew everything about everything. You would want to, you, my opinion became validated because I was like, if this glass is cool, let me tell you why it's cool. And it became trendy and became, I guess, a thing. Kind of. Kind of, yeah.
0: Um, So you said that you always knew that you wanted to do something with fashion. You know, this whole blogger thing didn't really exist back then. You just knew you wanted to do cool things. Correct. When did you find out or realize that you could actually make a living out of what you were doing?
1: Um... I always told people my whole life that I wanted to travel the world, eat great food, stay at great hotels, and not pay for it. And people told me that wasn't a job. They're like, that's not a job. I'm like, that's what I want to do. So not having any boundaries in life, that's the life that I wanted to live. And I realized that being able to live like the rich live, without having to spend the money is more valuable than having to spend the money on those things. So making a living to me was just being able to just live. As long as I can eat
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: travel, I was living. I didn't need money or I didn't need this to be a career per se.
0: But that you didn't have to have another career to support doing this thing you were passionate about.
1: Right. So when I realized that I guess this was real, it's in 2008, um, when Nike called me, they, were, they said to me, um, what are you doing in like two weeks or something? I'm like, I don't know, They're like, Why do you, you wanna come to Beijing for the Olympics? And I was like, Beijing for the Olympics? They're like, yeah, you wanna come to Beijing for the Olympics? And I'm like, I'm like because of the internet, <laughs> like because of something, I'm, my opinion online is making me as valuable as magazines
0: were you giving Nike a lot of shout outs back then
1: no not even no I met a, so there's a guy who worked at Nike and he was like what you're doing is really cool I'm gonna connect you and and sorry so backstory the five rules I say I believe in I believe one of the rules is I believe that good people will always introduce you to other good people right so that's rule number one or a rule <coughs> that I live by okay so the story of my life, the story of my life is based around these rules I live by, right. and we'll get into those probably later. Maybe not. Hopefully, we do. Well, at so, this point,
0: we're gonna have to. <laughs> okay.
1: So good people will introduce you to other good people. So the guy that I knew at Nike, who gave me a pair of shoes here and there, which was amazing because you're like free shoes. It's like anything every kid wants. He says to me, "You're doing really cool things. I don't know what to put my finger on. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna introduce you to this guy named Mike, and Mike does PR." And I'm like, don't know what PR is. I'm like, cool. So they had an event in Montreal, which they never do. And the guy Mike was there, and I roll up to him. Hey, I'm Marcus. You know, I'm just wanting to introduce myself. He's like, oh yes, I heard good things about you. Oh man, you're doing really cool stuff. And then he, he says to me, I want to bring you to New York for this Air Force One Air Force One launch. So I go to New York, and it's myself and a bunch of other cool guys at the time. Another Montreal was there. This guy named tudy Flores was there, and we go to um, we go to New York for this Air Force One launch and we're meeting our heroes in the fashion in the in, in the footwear industry so this guy named Stash is there DJ Clark Kent all these sneaker gods are there and we're in New York and we're hanging out with these guys and we're like oh man like we're just here in New York paid for by Nike
0: but do you feel like a cool guy at that point or do you feel like a total fraud
1: um i was always cool i think <laughs> so um i i was always cool but um, actually, so I'm lying. There was a guy named Malik Shaheed was on that trip, I believe. Malik Shaheed. you guys probably know who he is. Myself, Malik Shaheed, this guy named 2D Flores, you guys obviously know. And You've we went, yeah, we went. So we went to New York, and we're for this Air Force One launch, and all the sneaker legends are there, like Futura, all these different guys. And am I a fraud? I'm not a fraud, but I'm not those guys. Those guys don't know me yet. But I'm looking at these guys like, yo, those guys are the guys. So I roll up to Stash, I'm like, yo, Stash, what's up, man? I'm Marcus from Montreal. Cool. He gives me the cultural, like, whatever, kid. No problem. DJ Clark Kent, same thing. But I go to Clark Kent, I'm like, you know my father. Because my father used to be in the music business. And he used to talk to me about this guy named DJ Clark Kent. And when I said DJ Clark Kent, I'm like, you know my father. He's like, who's your father? So I tell my father's name, and he was like, oh, cool. But it wasn't like, oh, I know your father like that, but it was like, okay, cool. So I mean these people. So I'm in New York with this guy named Mike and I'm doing this really cool thing. But what I'm doing is I'm not a, I'm not a 2D's a sneakerhead, Doesn't have a platform at this point. He's just a guy who loves sneakers and they invited him for that. Malik Shahid had um, Music Plus, okay? Which was TV, so it's big time. I'm a guy from the internet, which is not even considered a thing yet. I'm just a guy from the internet. I have this little magazine. I'm there. Being there, I meet Mike, Mike's like, you're cool, we hang out, we start building a relationship, hey, how's your kids, how's your family, we became friendly, and as we become friendly, now it's like i hitting him up for like, you know, like Christmas, like, hey, oh, Merry Christmas, dude, or whatever, we, we build a relationship, he then invites me to Beijing, and here's the thing, he's inviting me to Beijing, his boss is going to Beijing for the Olympics, he's not even come. he's not even allowed to come. So he's like, you're going to go hang with my boss, Jane, and you're going to hang in Beijing. So we go to Beijing in 2008, 2007, 2008, I believe, for the Beijing Olympics. And now everyone is there. Anyone who's anybody in the internet, in the cool world, in the sneaker world, they're there on this trip. And this is where I realized that this, this is real. real. Yeah. Twitter had just started. People are complaining, Twitter's stupid. Why would I be on Twitter? Like telling people what I'm eating for lunch is so stupid. And like I'm absorbing all this. So the guys from Hypebeast are there, the guys from High Slabity and everyone is just there on this trip and you're meeting people from the internet in real life. And at this point, we've built a name for ourselves being these, these guys who started before High Hypebeast and started before High Slabity and these bigger sites and where meeting people who are like, I'm a fan of what you've been doing in Canada.
0: So you have the credibility at that point.
1: At this point, I'm, I don't know if I'm credible, but I'm becoming an authority mm-hmm. where my opinion matters. And through building great relationships, you start connecting with people globally, and that goes to step two and step three and step four. If that makes any sense at all, what I just totally. said. Okay. So that's but, when I knew it was becoming a real thing.
0: So we only covered one point. Yes. That that's... You have to, great people Great connect. people
1: will introduce you to other great people. That's if you're a great person, though. The key is you have to be a great person. <laughs> if you're not a great person, I'm not going to introduce you to my homie over here. right? If I think that you're cool, you do really good things, I'm like, you need to meet this person. You're right? a connector. Well, you become a connector eventually, but in the beginning, people start connecting you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of my relationships... That I've built over the years and the things I've been able to do—it's because, like you know, people said I'm really humble. They said I've heard about you, and I've heard good things. That is all I can—I need my reputation and who I am as a person to be stellar, so it 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 influences you guys to want to introduce me to other people. It's like it's like when a a girl says, "Come meet my family." You want that invitation.
0: Mm -hmm. So you've been doing this now for let's say twelve years, right? how does it feel when you hear people say that they know who you are, people you've never met? Does it feel normal now? Does it, is it expected or do you still get a little bit of a rush? Like this is so strange or have you been kind of walking in these shoes your whole life thinking I am meant for great things and this is just my dream being realized?
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't feel a rush. It's weird for everyone who's around me, right? Like one time my brother and I were in Best Buy in LaSalle, where I'm from. And I'm walking, this guy's walking towards me. You're here! You're here! <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? He's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm buying a USB key. <laughs> and he and people are like, whoa! But he was tripping out because he doesn't expect me to be in Best Buy. He's like, aren't you in, like, some other... I'm like, no, dude, like, I shop at Best Buy as well. It was trippy for people around me. Yeah. But um, I've never felt, like, I'm not... I'm not. I'm not out here changing the world, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really not. So I, I. never looked at it as this trippy. Like we, Carl and I, were just in. Um, where were we recently? No, no, just a couple days ago. Houston. Sorry. Houston, Houston. We're in Houston a couple of days ago, and um, we're at this party, and some guy comes up to me. He's like, "Yo, you're Marcus Chor, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh man, I've been following you. I'm a big fan." I'm like, "Thanks, man. You know, like I'm always humbled by this." You know, we were in Tokyo one time and the guy's riding his bike. Marcus Troy, and he kept riding. I'm like, hey, bro, wait. And he kept riding. Like, it's super cool and humbling. But I, I, it doesn't give me a rush, but I'm just really like always surprised by the amount of love that people have for me. But it's not love where they show it. It's mm-hmm. more like love where like, Oh man, I'm familiar. Yeah. And that familiarity, it's important it's not imp- it's important, but I no, it's um it's cool. It's a cool feeling, but I don't feel a rush per se, no.
0: So you were one of the first to really start toying with the idea yeah. of building an editorial brand and doing content creation exclusively online. Right. Um, which at that point was revolutionary, right. really. And At that point, did you have a solid plan as to like, okay, here's how I want to grow this business? Or did you, was it so new that you just kind of had to go with the motion and follow where it was headed? Like, did you feel in charge of what you were? No.
1: So today, it's messed up today because the brands are involved.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's where the money comes. But the brands are involved. The PR companies are involved. Everyone wants a piece of this market. Yeah. Now it's not fun anymore. Now it's a business. Back then we were hunters. I had to go to sneaker pimps and take a sneak a picture of a shoe and then write about it. And then Nike would call me, take it down. It doesn't come out for two years. Like we were hunters. We were like go into stores and find products and try them on and buy things. We were what we called cultural participants. We participated so much more because we were just doing it for fun. There was no money. There was no. Brand. There was no business, and that's when it was real. Now, people are buying followers because they need to keep up. People are buying influence. People who were never influencers before are now influencers because they get two thousand likes on a picture, and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons because brands are paying for this. But you know? all
0: of those people are the ones that are putting the magazines out of business. The the old school influencers are no longer influencers.
1: Well, yeah, because um, the smart magazines, Complex Magazine, uh, Details Magazine, which is no longer available, GQ, they decided to use guys like us to create their networks and have us contribute to their networks so they can stay relevant. Complex Magazine is probably one of the most successful magazines because early in 2007, 2008, 2009, they snatched up anybody who was doing anything online, they're like, you're part of our network, we're going to sell advertising to our advertisers, we're going to cut you a check, and some of these guys are making half a million dollars a year off of the blog. Imagine if you said, mommy, what do you do? I write an online blog, what do you make per year? 500 grand a year. That's not laughable, like you're ki- you're killing it. So a lot of these guys became millionaires because they were part of these networks. Some people are like, oh, blogging, like, stupid. It's a business. It's a legitimate business that you can actually make millions of dollars. And now blogging is not as relevant as it used to be. It's Instagram now. So people are buying their way into the space.
0: I think the term blogger just is like a...
1: a general thing now, yeah. yes. But so now it's not fun. It's not fun anymore. Right now it's a business. We have obligations. We take contracts from companies and brands who expect us to create content for them. They expect us to post this amount of posts. And it's not as fun as it used to be. You know, it's no longer inspiring. It's very
0: transactional.
1: It's transactional. And the audience no longer believes in what people are saying anymore because people are being paid to say things are cool. For me and us and our brand, what we've built, integrity, which is another gem, is the only thing that we have. Whatever we talk about, we love and like. We never talk about things that we don't like or love. We've turned down contracts, we've turned down things from brands that was paying a lot of money just because it didn't fit our brand ethos. Because my audience, people who rock with me, they expect me to have the things that I talk about, to be aware of the things that I talk about and to to love the things that I like because people are making buying decisions on what we say. So if I say to you that this mint is the best mint ever and you purchase it and it's whack, I look whack, so my integrity, and integrity for me stands for who are you when people are not looking. That is the one, the second rule that's super important to building a business, having that integrity.
0: So I want to talk about that a little bit. You said, you know, you didn't want to say where you grew up. I you
1: said know, where I grew up. I you said you were yeah. born in Montreal. Right.
0: You didn't want to tell me how old you were. Correct. Um, and you've made this point to say that you're keeping, you want to keep your private life.
1: Correct.
0: You want to have something that's not on social media. Correct. Why is that?
1: Um, A few things. For one, I believe that social media is making everyone comfortable with sharing, okay? So everyone is becoming really comfortable sharing, oh, I'm pregnant, oh, I have three kids, oh, I have a new dress, oh, my cousin's going to school, oh, I broke my arm, right? And what that's doing is it's creating this um, this open book concept, okay? What's happening is that people are now losing themselves in social media. And they're losing themselves to what I call the game, okay? I have a friend, friends, they were married, um, got married two, three years ago. Um, really cool couple. Um, from what I understand, they're now getting a divorce, okay? Because... In a short period of time, she became an influencer, okay? And with being an influencer comes great responsibility. So she's out influencing. You know, you're out at every event. You're out partying. You're out taking pictures, selfies. She just became, and she was never this person before. She became engulfed in this world. So she, and her husband is a creative, but he's low key. Doesn't really like to be on social media like that. Doesn't like to be out there. But now his wife is out there influencing, and it's causing rifts in their marriage, because now your life is public, and now you're out there, and everyone's, oh, everything's cool, and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, she no longer has a home to go home to because your home was actually social media. And it started causing rifts in their marriage because they didn't have, in my opinion, a separation of what's real and what's fake.
0: But Be- that's, that's the reality now. Right. You've had this mentality for a long time. Correct, so, in the beginning, you didn't have these examples of you know couples breaking because of right. too much. What was it inside you that just felt like you needed to have this public persona and have this
1: um, I, I guess I've always been a bit of a visionary, okay where people in my office probably think I'm annoying sometimes because I have these I have these concepts of life, and I study life, I study people, I study patterns in behavior. I If I wasn't doing what I'm doing right now, I'd probably wanna be a psychologist maybe, okay? Um, and I have these weird concepts that I develop in the shower or when I'm just chilling and, and they come to me in this way. And I've always wanted to have a private life because I'm a private person by nature. And I just always wanted to have something that would always remain real. And if any given Sunday I want to burn everything down, I could burn it and walk away. And I tell people, I can, if, if, the, if the internet closes down today, I'm going to be okay because I can make strides in the real world. I can walk into a boardroom, have a meeting, and leave with a check, okay? A lot of people who've built this fake persona online, if Instagram closes down, they are, it's done. And I don't know if you guys know today, Vine is done. Mm-hmm. So all the Vine stars, your influence is not transferable. If you were the man on MySpace with 10 million followers, you like, I'm the man on MySpace. I got 10 million followers. You cannot bring that over to Instagram. And you cannot convince people like, I used to be the man on MySpace. Nobody cares. So if you're building your life on Instagram and that's all you have, I remember I being with some influencers traveling and Instagram was down and they posted a picture and it didn't get enough likes. They were freaking out. I'm like, man, it's so sad. They were freaking out, like, oh, my God, i got to raise this picture. and didn't get enough likes. And
0: but that's now everybody.
1: Well, yeah, but that's like a problem. You don't
0: have to be an influencer. I will hear people all the time say, I just took that picture down because I didn't have enough likes. It wasn't good.
1: Well, that is my point. That is my point. So now we live in that world, mm-hmm. and it's going to cause a lot of rifts in people's relationships. And when I, when I, when I go home, I need an alcove. Okay. <laughs> oh. It's a great plug. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, need, I need my own moments. I need mm-hmm. my own peace. I need my own protection from the world that's not out there. So I keep my world separate because I want to have something that's real. And I suggest everyone to do that because you don't want to get caught up in the game. And then people, like, there's people who are stressed out. Like, oh, my God, I need, to, I need to be an influencer. I need to buy followers because I need to get that check. Like, people, it's driving people insane.
0: So now, even if you're in a more of a corporate world, social media is taking more and more importance, obviously. Yes. And a lot of companies, even corporately, are saying you have to have your personal brand. Correct. So, how would you guide somebody who's looking to build their personal brand? How would you guide them, but tell them to keep some part of themselves not a brand? How do you find that happy middle?
1: Um, right now, because of what's happened in social media, people are doing things that I would consider to be sick to build their brand. So right now, being, being there are people who are legitimately depressed and are legitimately suicidal and legitimately um, have mental health issues, okay? Right. Today, that is people, some people that I follow are using those elements to build their brand. Like, oh, I'm depressed right now. I'm going through it. Just to get like attention, right? Mm -hmm. People are using their kids in giving their kids social footprints before the kid even decides if he wants that for himself Mm -hmm. because of social media. So a baby's born, his Instagram account.
0: So, okay, that's what not to do.
1: Well, right. So I'm saying is that I would tell people make sure there's a clear l- line and distinction of who you want to be and why you want to be it and how it affects your brand because you know what? Your brand being so out there is a it could it could hurt you in, in, in the end because guess what? The pictures of you on Facebook smoking weed or doing lines of coke or whatever it is that you're doing could hurt your brand. There's an influencer that I follow. She was... Um, on a trip with a car company, or sorry, a car, a car company lent her a car. We mm-hmm.
0: want names we want
1: names. No names, no <laughs> names, no names. But she then got out of the car and she started urinating on Snapchat or whatever the case may be, right? And it was funny in the it's funny in the snap or in the whatever Instagram story. It's funny, but I'm like, man, if a brand sees that, you're sharing way too much. We're getting comfortable now. Now, like, it's crazy, I have a friend who had a baby, and um, he shared a picture of the baby, then he had the umbilical cord in the picture, and like, it, to me, it's becoming to a point where it's like, when do you say to, my, to yourself, I'm gonna clear the line where I know what to share or not to share? I think it's getting crazy, because soon, eventually, people are gonna start sharing murders on, on social media, it's probably happening already. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna, and like, mm-hmm. then, then, then where do you go from there? That's just my opinion. I mean, it's, that's, we're going off topic. <laughs> that's why with, we're yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So basically, it's easy to say, you know, I could ask you, how do you choose your projects? You have, like, right. the luxury of choosing between a Levi's or a Bentley or a Cadillac. Like, you've been exposed to a lot of great brands. Right. If you're starting out and you don't have great brands approaching you, right. what is that first step? We've talked about relationships. Yes. If you don't already have this network of people, right. how do you build that?
1: Very easy. Um, one, you have to figure out your why, okay? The why is the most important thing you would ask yourself in any business that you're doing because the why defines who you're going to be and why you want to be that. And when you figure that out, everything else falls into place, okay? What's if, your why? Um, my first why was I want to share really cool things with people. By nature, I'm a sharer. We got into the cab today and I started telling you about coffee that I don't drink, but I was, ex- I was sharing with you some of the best coffee and I want you to experience that for your own personal health. And not health, but for your own personal good. We're talking about champagne. Not because I'm a champagne slinger and not because I own a coffee factory. I want the people to experience great things. So my first initial reason for doing anything I do, I was doing was to share, okay? My second why was that I've, I've always aspired to inspire people, especially black young people, to show them that you can be more than what society says you need to be. And for example, I have a younger brother, and I showed him one time, like, hey dude, look, I'm in Paris driving a Bentley. I'm like, look, I'm in the Double XL magazine. I'm in the Source magazine, two page spread. I'm like, look, I'm hanging with Jay Z. I'm not a rapper. Okay? Because in his mind, the only way you can do these things is to be a rapper, uh, be a drug dealer, uh, be a gangster. Okay? Or play basketball or a sport. Okay? And nothing's wrong playing basketball or, or rapping, but our information is limited. Okay? So if two guys from Montreal, My brother has long dreads, and typically you would think like a person with dreads is like, oh my God. And him and I are driving a Bentley through Paris and London, drinking champagne at the Krug House on a real luxurious thing in castles, like, hey man, anyone can have the opportunity. So our job was to inspire people to want to achieve greatness. So to answer your question, okay, figure out your why things start to fall in place. And when things start falling in place, you start doing moves that speak to your why. So everything that I do speaks to my why. If what I'm doing is not gonna inspire people or share good things, then I'm not doing it. That's for one. Building great relationships. Building great relationships doesn't mean networking. I'm like, oh, you're from Alcove? Hey man, I was wondering, can I talk next? That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, but people do that stuff. They do that stuff. They find out that you work for a company They're hitting you up in your inbox. Hey, I was wondering, could I be down? That's what I'm talking about. Everyone that I know that I work with at Brands for the most part, we have a relationship. We talk about their families, their kids, their weddings, their upcoming this. We build relationships. Guess what? Out of sight, out of mind. In sight, in mind. If all of a sudden you're working on a crazy project and you're like, you know what would be perfect for this? Marcus, you know why I like that guy. He's cool. He fits the description of what I want to do I'm down with him and you wonder why this is happening. That's kind of how it happens So how do I start working with Bentley as an example? Uh, there was a guy who by the name of Michael Williams who Called me one day because he was familiar with me because we were friendly and we we're cool and he says to me my girlfriend works for an agency who has Bentley as a client, and I've been telling her about you and how cool you are. And I really think you'd be a great fit. Okay. I want you to come to a dinner or something. I go to this dinner, like this. The guy from Bentley is there, Graham. And he's like, Oh, Marcus, how's everything? I'm is he like, a cool dude, or he's like, he's a an a older corporate gen- dude. older gentleman, Corbin, but he he gets it. And he's like, I was watching this is what he says to me. You went to a Nike NFL thing. And you were documenting everything through Instagram. Because I created this Instagram account at the time, which was like a microsite, where I was doing this NFL thing with Nike, and I was just updating live through a hashtag. And every time I would post this hashtag, it would show up on this, on, on this microsite. And he loves football. He's like, that was dope. He didn't say dope, but he said, that was cool. <laughs> and he was, like, he, was like, he was like, I want that. He said to me, I want that and then it was a, it was a, it was a trip like this and they're like and um, oh yeah and the other thing i want to say that adds to what i'm saying to you being from montreal i never saw myself from montreal i saw myself as a global citizen okay being a global citizen is very important to me because i see the world globally think locally act global okay so we're at this table and he's like where are you based i'm like montreal quebec they were like oh we're going to have a little quebec montreal press trip and the girl from, I think, Quebec uh, was there. And Marcus, we're going to invite you. And Graham was like, no, it's okay. I'm going to talk to Marcus after, right? Because she was trying to get me on this local Quebec thing. And Graham was like, no, I got him. Because he saw me as a global person just being living in Montreal. He didn't. He made the, diff- the, the separation. And he says, he calls me. He's like, hey, man, um, I want what you did for Nike to NFL. do it. NFL to do something with us let's collaborate and I'm like okay let's do a Marcus short Bentley collaboration look yeah we're gonna bring you to Paris was your mind blown
0: like at this point
1: no it wasn't blown because every day when Michael Jordan wakes up no but think about it I'm thinking I'm with you when Michael Jordan wakes up or Jay-Z wakes up or Beyonce wakes up Mm -hmm. they're just gonna work okay Mm
0: -hmm. whatever
1: happens in their world Oh, my God, she's at the Grammys. That's her job. No, I know. To me, I wake up with the same mentality. Whatever I'm doing that's so extraordinary for people, mm-hmm. to me, it's just part of the job. It's, par- it's part of what I do. So I cannot look at it as I'm blown away. If, if they call me tomorrow as you won the Nobel Peace Prize, I'd be like, oh, crap. I'm not even doing anything to win this. This is awesome.
0: Okay, so I want to say something because you've mentioned this now like three times. What did I mention? That there's something more you want to do. Yes, this isn't it. No. What's your next step? Like, how are you going to get, because if I base myself on what you've done until now, right. you've made your dreams a reality. Yes. Right? Yes. So tell us how you're going to get to win that Nobel Prize Prize or
1: okay. so change fa- so, the world. So fashion is just a gateway. Okay. Fashion, lifestyle, everything I'm doing, it's just a gateway to get my name out there, to get people to know who I am. And then one day I'm going to hit them over the head with the what I really want to do. Okay? Can you
0: tell us about that? I haven't figured
1: it out yet. Okay. I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. I got to write a few books first, and then I we're think I'll-
0: We're just close friends here. Like... No, no, for sure. No,
1: no. I haven't figured it out yet, but I, I know what I'm doing is, it, like, come on, like, oh, he has 500 pairs of shoes. Who cares? At the end of the day. Like, seriously. Right? However, um, being respected by a company like Bentley and having those relationships in pocket
0: we'll serve you is later. more
1: important to me. Right? So, he now invites me to go to Paris and London. And I'm like, hey, I have a twin brother. He does really dope stuff. Um, can he hop along for the ride? And we could do some cool stuff. They're like, oh, okay, no problem, cool, great. So now we end up in Paris. They fly us first class. We get, we land. They gave us cars. We're driving from, we're driving ourselves from Paris to London in a Bentley Mossan, mad luxurious thing in in, in 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 castles. We're documenting all this, revolutionary for the time that this is happening in 2012, I believe. People came up to me, my peers in the space, and said to me, I unfollowed you. Because that was too much for me. I couldn't handle that. That blew their socks off. Because they're like, How are you, A, working with Bentley? Mm. It's not Toyota, Uh, no disrespect to Toyota, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not, it's Bentley, first of all, okay? It's you. How does this work? And like guys are reminding me, I remember when you used to drive the Acura. That was crap, you know? And like, it's like people start reminding you who you used to be because to them, it's Bentley. Like Jay-Z asked about Bentley, now you're driving Bentleys in Paris, and you have them whenever you want. You're like, did they give you one? I'm like, no, but I have access to it. And they they made us Bentley boys. Like you guys are Bentley boys. If ever you need a Bentley, just let us know. However, wait, not in that way, but meaning if ever I'm traveling just and I, no, but if ever I'm traveling, I'm like, hey, can I borrow a Bentley for a week? Mm-hmm. They're like, no problem. We went to Aspen together. We this, did
0: is all, this is all the fluff. This is about the relationships that you're It's building. about
1: the relationships, okay, with Graham. Graham's the guy. Graham. Who, Everybody Graham.
0: Graham's the guy. Right. Okay. So
1: Graham's the guy. So then he says to me, uh, let's go to the UK and come to the factory. And we're, we're chill, you know, then I see him at the Detroit Auto Show. We connect again. And then a couple couple months ago, I was going to New York for Fashion Week. And I was like, hey, I hit him up. I'm like, hey, Graham, I'm working with this um, guy. And um, we want to have some Bentleys for Fashion Week. Is it cool? He's like, no problem. Give us two Bentleys. And we have them for Fashion Week. So it is crazy to think about, but it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship. And because he saw what I did with Nike, he was like, I want that. And I was like, hey, man, well, this is going to cost you. And let's make it a collaboration. And he was like, OK, cool. Let's do it. We made it happen. And that's kind of how... You, I started working with Bentley because a guy, good people, introduced me to another good person. That's one. Two, I met with the people. We developed a relationship. Three, we're working together. Now it's in the books that I work with Bentley. So that's kind of an example of right. how that happens.
0: So we don't have a ton more time. Sure. But I do want to talk about what's next for you. So you don't know yet. I do not. That's fine. What do you want to achieve in the sense that you don't know how it's going to materialize, right? but you talked about wanting to influence, inspire. you know, the, inspire yep. the youth yep, specifically black.
1: Yeah. I mean, not that I have anything against anybody else. I'm no, just no. speaking to my it's, own. It's community. authentic to you. Yes, correct.
0: Is that where you think you're going to put a lot of your energy?
1: Um, I would like to, I don't think so, um, because a lot of people, they don't care about what I'm saying. Like, it's not important to them. Like, they, 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 people, people don't really, they just want the quick fix. They wanna know how to get into Bentley. Is his name Graham? Can I have his contact? Like, that's really what it is at the end of the day. Like, people don't care about the process, they don't care about the journey. They don't, people just really wanna know, like, Hey, like I had a meeting the other day in my office and I'm telling this guy, I'm like, hey, you need to connect with this guy because this guy is the man, he can really help your business. And everything I was saying at the end, he said to me, can you give me his contact? And I'm like, really? Like after everything I just explained to you with this passion of how the world actually works, the engineering of the world, you just said, can I have his contact? If I give you the guy's contact, what are you going to say? Hello, hi. Hi. Can you help me be great? He'd be like, who the hell are you? We forget that we're human beings. This is human nature at hand. We're not dealing with robots here, at least not yet. So at the end of the day, you have to build with people. It's a process. People do not want the process. I've, I've spoken to youth and different people. Guys hit us up all the time. Yo, I'm really inspired by you, man. I wanna like learn from you. Come by the office, crickets. Why? Because they just want to be around the magic. I want to intern for you. Can I work for you? Because uh, they want to travel the world. Carlo, how long did it take before you went on a trip? A year and a half. Now he goes on more trips than me because I'm like, I'm not going, you go. At the end, it's not just like you come work for me, then you're, you're on a plane and we're next to Jay-Z, like, hey, bro, it's cool, right? Yeah. It's not how it works. It's a process. It's a, and even to the people that we work with, that are notable, he hasn't met them yet. Not because I'm preventing him from it. The opportunity hasn't arose. You know, like, it just hasn't happened. Like, at the end of the day, like, you build great relationships, you have integrity, you be
0: punctual. Punctuality... That was another one of your points. That's
1: another one of the the rules, being punctual. Punctuality is a number one rule of success. People take it it for granted. You know, knowing your place, thinking global. Like, all these different things help people navigate the world. And when you decide that that's who you want to be you're able to navigate it differently and treat everyone with respect and the same. So whether you're with Beyonce, Jay-Z, Kanye, or your mother, your aunt, everyone is the same. And that has helped me tremendously. And that's why I'm still invited into these secret rooms with people that are notable because they know I'm not going to be the guy who's going to geek out and fan out and go crazy and act out of character because they know that they can trust me with conversations as well. If you're around... Powerful people or notable people, and they're talking about what they're doing that the public would not be down to hear because they're cheating on this or doing that. You have to be able to keep these secrets and be a person that's like, Yes, I have integrity. What's said in this room is gonna stay here. And a lot of times, I think people, they just don't feel that they need to be those. And I, it's, these are things that I live by, unfortunately. Like I, there's no other way I would be able to navigate. And people respect me as that person that they can entrust me. And I think we take it for granted. Is that the cue?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Just about. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm going to ask for a short-form answer to this one. Sure. But I do want to close off with this. You said sorry, I'm very
1: passionate, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, I apologize.
0: Um, you said that your, your father told you whatever you choose to do, be yes. the best at it. Yes. Would you say that you've succeeded in that?
1: Um, perception-wise, yes, okay? At once upon a time in my life, I was the best doing what I was doing. I stopped being the best because I started losing passion in what it is that I was doing. And every day at the office, these guys hear me talk about, like, I'm not excited anymore about what's happening. I'm not, I'm not turned on anymore. And these things are, you know, I, I, I mean, I own a dog now. Right, Like my life is changing, you know, um, I know it sounds weird to say, but like I'm not into the things I was once into. I'm looking for more. My mind is racing for another chapter, so I'm not the best anymore. no, there's people who've come into the space who are doing amazing work, who have surpassed me, like who have surpassed me, who are more engaged. There's a guy named Ronnie Fegg who, you know took his 15 minutes turned it into 15 hours and turned into an empire, you know what I mean? And we were peers in the space and he's built this empire. And it's amazing to watch because he really was focused on building these things. And to see it happen in front of my eyes, it's like, that's amazing. But do I want that for myself? Not really, like I'm not interested in that world, but I can appreciate it. I want more, I wanna help people, so yeah
0: will you keep us posted when you uh, find your next Sure, I'm going to write a book. Chapter, okay. I'm going to write a book. Noted.
1: And I hope you guys buy it, okay? <laughs> it's going to be called um, Give Yourself a Chance to Win, okay? I like that. I'm going to co-write it with my father, okay? And um, it's just going to be, I guess, his life lessons growing up as an older gentleman from the West Indies and my new school lessons of what I've learned over the years on giving yourself a chance to win, Okay, And that's another mental philosophy that I have because we don't give ourselves a chance to win ever um, for the most part. And after that, hopefully that would open up some other doors that allow me to do what I really want to do.
0: Thank you for being so candid with us.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: And sharing your passionate views on many, many things. My
1: pleasure. (laughs) Thank you.